following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos, getting fans right back in the game. Welcome in to the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. It is a Thursday before the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Week 11 of the NFL season is here, and we are going to talk about the Cowboys' offense and how they can exploit that Kansas City defense over the next 45 minutes. Hope you're buckled up, ready to go, because Heckma Harrison's here, Isaiah Stanback's here, Rob Phillips, as always, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman, so glad you're with us, and gentlemen... There you go. I mean, it's it's going to be collecting coins, it's warm, fuzzy feelings all the way from here on out. Is this that is, from Super Mario? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Love it, Chris. Absolutely. Yeah, you it go is. and do the jump, and then you hit the brick, and then it, the little coin pops down. How'd it Genius. go? What was that? How did it go? Do-do! <laughs> Is that how it is? We could use that one instead. <laughs> Cut that, and then like if you use that on any other show other than ours, I could just imagine Derek being like, "What the heck was that? <laughs> what are we doing here?" So, ho 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 ho! ho. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. It's another great. It's even better. Season. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's tis the season. Anybody looked at Christmas lights? Anybody put up their Christmas lights yet? No, but my wife's been on my head about it, so I guess that's this. It's coming happen here soon. It's coming. Heckma, is your tree up? Nope. Not yet? Nope. No? Do nope. you guys hang your own lights up at your house? Yeah. Outside? Yeah. Since no. we've moved, though, no. We might put, like, a little lit up. Yeah, something low. Ornament. I yeah. did it one time, like, at the arch of the house, like, the very peak. I won't do that again. Like Christmas vacation style? Yeah, I'm not, that's not me. I was definitely up there at the top. My wife left me. <laughs> so I'm inside of that. Hey, wait a minute. Now. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> if I fall and break something, I need somebody to call, call 911. Have you ever fallen while doing the Christmas lights? No, heck no. I was so scared, though. I'm li- I was literally shaking on the top of the peak of my house, just kind of holding a bear, hugging it like this, looking down like, help. You sound help like me, me with the heights. Yeah. Heck, you do that? I I always do all my stuff, man. It's Outside? Just, yeah, yeah. That's just where it's, you know. You How long do does it. it normally take you to do it? Because I don't a, have a house yet, so I don't oh, know. It's this, a, it's a, well, now that I have, you know, I incorporate the kids in it as well, so it's not one. They, yeah. Get a little heck out there? No, we get everybody. In, I mean, if you want the lights. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to so, put them up. Team effort. <laughs> it's a team effort. And so what happens is really cool. You know, my daughter, she names all of the little blow-ups that we have. So. Aww. So we have a snowman. She's named it Cardi B. Don't even ask. It's just what it is, and we're just going to deal with Christmas the heck, as the it goes. The Heckman's house looks like the Griswolds. It does. <laughs> I'm married to the black version of the Griswolds, so <laughs> trust me. It's, I, I the tree lights is... at my house once, and my wife walked outside. It's me and my dad, and his truck was in the front of our, our house with a ladder on the truck. <laughs> and my That's wife goes, no. Uh, who are we calling to do this next year? Yeah. <laughs> so, who's who's yeah. doing it next time? Because yeah. it's not you. No, but it's a family hold affair, boy. Dear, you get everybody hold in my on beer it. and watch this, honey. Hold yeah, my beer. that's the best line. Right before trouble. 
But Yo, it, right, right before Trump, <laughs> if you hear that line, then you know something's about yeah. to go down. Uh, and and oh, man, I've heard that a couple different times in my life. I grew up in a a, a country family out in mm. Waco, and we had we had some land out there. There was a couple hold my beers. That's awesome. It was fun. It was <laughs> a lot of fun. But uh, anyways, with the uh, with with it being November eighteenth, I feel like everybody's still. I was driving through a neighborhood yesterday and. Every other house already had their lights up and stuff. So I was asking you guys if you were on that train yet. Well, it's, it's big business now for like these little lawns. Usually, it's like a lawn company, that lawn service it. that comes out there and just hangs your lights now. Yeah, you just like kind of bundle hustle. it together with your yeah. uh, lawn service. It's like three hundred dollars, yeah. you know, for you it, to rent them it, for them to come put your lights up, take them down, and I need to look at that then going. Forward. <laughs> yeah. Rob's like, that's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Less effort for me. Yeah, there you go. All right, news and notes from the Cowboys back on the practice field yesterday, and it really seemed like it was a lot of good news from the Cowboys. No bad notifications from Rob Phillips yesterday. Thank you, Heck. <laughs> that was for Heck. That was just for Heck. Uh, yeah, this is the cleanest injury report I've seen since, I don't know, week one, maybe. Knock on wood a few times. There's only one guy who was limited. Nobody missed practice You know, that's on the active roster currently. Tyron Smith limited with the ankle injury. Only other guys on the injury report, Mari Cooper, Zeke, Will Greer, the backup quarterback, Cedric Wilson, and Deshaun Wright, all full. Wow. So no CD even on the injured list? He's on it. Oh, He's okay. on it, but a full participant. Full. Yeah, gotcha. with that uh, tricep deal. So he's good. Well, that's good. Because I know, at least toward the back end of that game, that was one of my worries, was looking at him on the sideline. And him, of course, not coming back in. A lot of, ha- a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was forty-three to three, so thank goodness for that. He didn't have to come back in, so I'm glad to see him tricep ready to go. Yeah, I thought it was a shoulder when I, I was watching the game. Arm contusion is what they said during the game, but he looked okay on the sideline there. Yeah. Is that the new word for boo boo? Contusion? I think so. Is it a right. bruise or? Yeah, a, what, yeah bruise, some guy came bruise. at me with like ten question marks. So you mean a bruise? Is that what, is yeah. that, what that is? I'm like, yeah, that's what no. it, I'm just giving you the clinical. Quad contusion is the worst. Sounds bad. Oh, it's terrible. Why is it worse than any other condition? Because you can't bend. You can't bend your leg. Um, if you, I mean, that's why thigh pads are so important. A lot of guys back in the day used to try to take the thigh pads out, and they would get fined. So you have to, so guys would literally take the thigh pad. High school students don't listen to this. <laughs> take the thigh pads, take a razor blade, cut it open, and take the – it's a hard plastic insert. So it's like really thin, and you guys would slide that into their pants to say that they have their thigh pants because they do. Um, but if you didn't have that and you took a shot to the thigh, oh, oh man, you have to sleep with your knee bent wrapped with an ace bandage because if you straighten it out and it starts trying to – you know the Tighten scar up. tissue starts trying to build and you try to bend your knee, oh, have fun with that. Uh, and so, like sitting down, I feel like even oh, right now terrible. like it would hurt yeah, if so, you're sitting on a on yeah. a stool or if you're – just working, you know? That happened to Des Bryant against the, I believe it was the Jets. Remember mm. that, uh, Rob? Yeah. Remember, that's what he had. Yeah, you're right. It was, it, he did a, I think it was a punt return, and it put him out for like, gosh, it put him out for like a while, like six yeah. weeks. Wow. It sucks. Yeah, it was bad. Goodness. Six weeks for a, a contusion, huh? It was it was bad. That, yeah. We lost him for a while that week. That's not that fun. Year. Not fun. Well, luckily, C.D. Lamb's good to go, and we're going to see him back on the field this week because, well, this Cowboys offense has an opportunity to really make their name known across the nation if it hasn't been already. I feel like the nation's already taken notice on what the Cowboys are doing on that side of the football, but I want to kind of keep the the opening conversation of this show centered around Dak Prescott because – you're looking at the stats going into it with Mahomes and, and Prescott, and this is a historically 
I mean, his, a potential for a historic matchup because of the numbers coming into it. Yeah. You look at some of the different comparisons of games before. I mean, Manning and Romo are on that conversation. You look at Breeze and Romo back in 2014. I mean, there are a bunch of different ones. That one didn't go well for the Cowboys. But there are a bunch of different big-time matchups that this lines up against in terms of quarterbacks. And, of course, it's Dak's first trip to Arrowhead. It's Mahomes' first game against his childhood favorite team in the Dallas Cowboys. So is this the best opportunity to see Dak Prescott take that step to being considered elite, not just around Cowboys Nation, but around the entire nation as a whole? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, want you, I want you to answer that question. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, this, this, is, uh, this is you want to go against the best. You want to circle this on the calendar and say, look, I get an opportunity to show everybody how I match up. Obviously, it's a team game, and you need so many different people to help you be successful. Uh, but for Dak, he, I'm sure he's tired of everybody keeping him on the outside of that elite conversation. And there are some guys that, I, look, you don't touch the Aaron Rodgerses, the Tom Brady's, you, uh, even Patrick Mahomes. He's done it at a high level for so long. So, come on. I mean, but you cannot continue to keep him out of that conversation. And there's so many people that they try and push to the front without even giving him credit for his QBR, uh, how he came in the league, not turning the ball over. I just feel as though, obviously it's the Cowboy hate. I'm just going to put it out there. This is the Cowboy hate, but you can no longer deny Dak of elite status. And they, well, he has Ezekiel Elliott. He has the offensive line. And what if this, what if that? He has all of those things, and he's successful in it. He's done it really well with Kellen, Kellen Moore's offense and the throws that he's making. Like if one of these guys had made a, a, a walk-off touchdown throw like he did against New England, we'd still be seeing the highlights from him. But Dak does it. We see it a couple times. It's not on replay because it's Dak, right? And then they don't want to go back to when they were talking about when Wentz was better than him or the, the Detroit mm. quarterback was better than him. They even Matthew Stafford. Uh, Matthew, the one that's well, oh, Matt, oh, the now current. Oh, I thought you Matt meant Stafford as well. Uh, Matt Jared Stafford Goff is, is and Jared about. Goff, but yeah. they compared him. And now, especially last season, when it came down to all of the uh, contract talk. Was that going to get paid? And what was that going to get paid? How does he measure up? Patrick Mahomes got, I think he got signed this contract right before Dak signed his. You can no longer keep him outside of this contract. I mean, outside of this conversation, whether whether it be to money or playing. He's showing you at each level. And that's just my belief. And I'm a homer. So take it for it with a grain <laughs> of salt uh, because that's where I'm putting it. But I'm just saying there's no way that you can keep Dak outside of the, the conversation any longer. Statistically, it's true. He's played better than anybody else in the league right now over those guys. He's played better than those, and it's on the film, too. And I, I agree with you completely. And, yes, we are a Cowboys podcast, but at some point you look at the statistics, you look at the completion percentage, the way he's take care of, taking care of the football, the way he's navigating an offense, and you have to put him in that conversation. Yeah, I, I personally think he's getting the due he needs nationally. I, I I hear you. I know there's haters out there, especially within this division, the fan bases and all that, but I think people are recognizing how great of a season he's having. Um, I don't know that he's considered the top of the MVP race right now, but this is the game to, to elevate yourself into maybe the first spot. Him and Kyler, I think. should I think he and Kyler should be considered the top two guys right now based mm-hmm. on the way their teams are playing. They're rising stars in the NFL. I think that always should carry weight, um, what they're doing as far as improvement. 
And then they play each other at some point down the road, Ooh. too. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. But I, I, I think if you go on the road to Arrowhead and you go toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes and you win that game and you play well, I think he should be the front-runner for MVP. That's just me personally. Why Kyler and Dak well, over some of the other quarterbacks? Josh Allen's having a great year. I mean, there are other guys out there, but why those two? Well, I, maybe I'm partial to see, wanting to see something new. Maybe okay. that's just me. Uh, but you mentioned the stats. I mean, among starters, the, the top two guys in terms of completion percentage for just for one stat it's Kyler and then it's Dak and it's over 70 percent they're the only two guys in the league doing that and you think about like Mike McCarthy said yesterday this is not a dink and dunk offense that we're running here that's what makes it so impressive yeah and uh you know they both miss a little time on off the field but but you know th- I, usually this award goes to the teams who have the best records and they these teams are right there Arizona and Dallas right now what do you think what's your original question is Dak supposed to be in the elite conversation if does Dak deserve to be in that elite conversation yeah I don't think that he isn't I think I'm along the same lines as Rob okay. um Cowboys are gonna get hate regardless I don't care if it's quarterback running back offensive line it doesn't matter quarterback I mean, the Cowboys are going to re- uh, receive hate from around the league around other fan bases that's just reality but the, also the reality is Dak is getting respect from the league from players from people who who decide on who's having a conversation in terms of MVP race, I think Dak is in those conversations. I think what separates Dak from some of these other guys that we that we're talking about um, when we start talking about the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, and things like that is his playoffs. That's what people are, I think, are waiting to see. So I don't think this game so much is going to give him that big jump that everybody needs to see to be in this, consider this, uh, you know, for guys to consider him to be, oh, my God, he's a, this elite quarterback. I think he's an elite quarterback in terms of how he's playing right now. But when mm-hmm. you start talking about elite in terms of career-wise, I think people are going to look at the playoffs. And that's just that's just the facts. That's our mailbag question today, actually. Why, why are the Cowboys considered underdogs? It's, it's resume. I mean, yeah. it's, it's resume. Pat Mahomes is 25 years old, and he's done it all already. <laughs> and he's playing really well, and this team's starting to ascend like we thought they would. And they're playing at Arrowhead. That's that's why the Cowboys are, are underdogs in this game. But if you look at the whole body of work, there's no reason they can't go in there and win yeah. the way they play wow. when they're playing their best. And Matt Safford is considered elite, and he hadn't won a playoff game. And it's true. So that's another there, there's mm-hmm. what I guess what I'm what I'm referring to is. The, the the people that say like right now when you talk about the MVP race, yeah, how is he not, it, it, you know, tops in that MVP race? Well, who who do you think's ahead of him? Gen- like nationally, who do you think people are talking about more? I think people are definitely talking more about Kyler. People are definitely still talking more about Aaron Rodgers, even yeah. with the games that he missed over Dak. I think yeah. even Tom Brady uh, at this point. It, you know, I just believe Derrick Henry's probably in that conversation as a non-quarterback, but he's not going to win it. Now. He's not going to no, not now, right? And so, I mean, look, just going back to years past, I think it was '87. John Elway won uh, MVP, but then at the same time. Um, Montana was balling. Rice was balling. Jerry Rice won Offensive Player of the Year uh, that year. And they went to the play. I believe they played, oh, man, Denver played New York, the Giants, in the Super Bowl that year. The Giants won that game. Mm -hmm. But still, you know, you talk about – how the national media tries to prop other guys up against. And it's always good to use PFF when it is in favor of your argument. You know, you know, I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah, I, I, say, I, I definitely do that. If I need something to support what you I'm know, saying, I'll go to PFF. It's like, it's the end all be all. Yeah. If he was saying, well, PF, PFF said, well, right now, even when you go to PFF, yeah. Dak's numbers are legit versus everybody else. All I'm saying is give him his due now.
Mm-hmm. You know, give him his due. That's my, my only point on that. I mean, there, there are guys in the – I mean, Stephen A. is making an NFL part of his career out of hating, hating on the Cowboys. the Cowboys. It's, I mean, it's kind of a wrestling character. You know I mean? It's a, and he knows it. Like, it's, it's – That's his know, stick. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. So, beyond that, like, I don't think there's a lot of hate for Dak. I do think, like Isaiah said, there is some of, hey, they, they, they're this good – they got to they got to go prove it when it really counts, you know. I think it it's a little bit of in between. Sure, you know, the resume does play a factor because I think if maybe Dak Prescott would have had some playoff success, and I mean certainly with this team he could have playoff success. But once again, if it doesn't happen, then he's going to be right back there, <laughs> slotted back down because of how quickly understandably people so. can turn. And also, not to mention, I think like I said, I think it could be kind of in the middle here because if he goes out against Kansas City at Arrowhead and he throws for three fifty. Throws three touchdowns, doesn't throw a pick. Cowboys win by a touchdown or two. I think that conversation is automatically okay. Kyler, you're doing great, but Dak Prescott's the MVP candidate. He's the front runner at the moment. That's what kind of game this could be for Dak. I'm like not that. saying that. I'm not predicting that's the case. No. But if he goes out and does it, which he could, then all of a sudden he's right up at the top of that MVP but, race. But and I don't think it's a doubt. You don't want him to win the MVP though. <laughs> there's a there's an, no there's an MVP <laughs> the, jinx. The jinx. Yeah, the last person to win the MVP and to win the Super Bowl was 1999 and Kurt Warner. I like so it's that. Been over okay. 25 years. So Dak, I need so, you to throw for 190, one no, touchdown. I'm Zeke's going to go for 250 <laughs> in the Cowboys. <laughs> the league MVP in the regular season does not translate to Super Bowl success. Yeah, it's true. There's only been 10 players to ever do it. Well, if they, if they get if they get the bye. And I'm getting way ahead of myself. Oh, jump out the cake, Rob. I'm just saying, if they get the bye and win however many games, and he's still playing at this level, he's the MVP. I don't yeah. think you can make another case for it. I really don't. I don't After, and I think that part of his story too. Mm-hmm. You know, he might. He's. I think he should win comeback too. But Damn he could right. win he comeback in it. his sleep. He, yeah. I think he could win comeback Player of the Year right now if. I mean, if the season ended, it was it would definitely be his. But you're right. That consistency has to continue. Mm-hmm. Now, real quickly, before we take our first break, how just – every time I look at this number, I'm astonished. But 70% completion, how just unbelievably tough is that to do at any level of football across the board? High school football, college football, it could be middle school football. Completing right. 70% of your passes is unbelievable. Yep. Him and Kyler Murray are both doing that. How tough is that to do from a quarterback standpoint? It's really tough. And I think uh, it's a testament to not only the system, but his adaptation of that system, his decision-making, his accuracy, all those things. I mean, it's not – when people hear completion percentage, people just think, okay, well, man, he's, he's really accurate with the ball. That's not always the case. It's also about the decision-making when you throw the ball, when you decide to keep the ball, when you decide to dump it off to a shorter route instead of you know, trying to force something down the field. So it's, it's, a, it's a picture, it's a snapshot image of, a, of, a bit, of, a, of, of something that's outside the frame, right? It's a larger picture, but you can't, you can't encompass everything with just that one stat. But I think he's doing an amazing job. And, yes, 70% is crazy, especially in this NFL especially in a system that they're running. It's, uh, that's just nuts for me yeah. to look at. I mean, when Heckma and I are doing a high school game or a college game and we see somewhere like 60s, mm-hmm. mid-60s of pre- completion percentage, we're like, that guy's balling. Yeah. There's money. That guy's, doing, that guy's dealing yep. right now. 70% is just next level, and yep. Dak Prescott's doing that. All right, when we come back, 
What kind of mismatches does the Cowboys offense have against that Kansas City defense? Mm. Where are the weak spots? Because there definitely are some on the Chiefs side of things. When we return with more Talking Cowboys. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's a great people, great pay replay here on Talking Cowboys. You've heard it by now. Jason Witten, big number 82, gold jacket wit, has joined the Caliber <laughs> Collision team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay. Apply now at jobs at caliber.com. That's jobs at caliber.com. Welcome back into a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys. This is a fun one. Cowboys offense versus the Chiefs defense. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. We've got a special guest coming tomorrow. I haven't told anybody in this room exactly who that special guest is. Awesome. I will reveal that at the end of the show. How about that? How about that? I will reveal it at that? the end of the show. We've got a special guest joining us. What was, <laughs> Isaiah just like threw his phone down in just question of what that. How about that? How about that? <laughs> we were on set for the draft coverage like three years ago. And we had Dave Campo on. Oh, Kelly geez. And he, he said something to the, yeah, instead of. Dave Campo. Yeah. Lindsay kind of coaxed him into doing it. And he, and he was like, how about da? How about da? Right into the camera. And said that. Oh, no. Awesome. I love Campo. Oh, Campo. Oh, Campo. Firecracker. <laughs> Very. What about this Kansas City defense? Mm. Mm. Are there any weapons on that side? Are there any problems on that side of the ball? Sure, there's probably a couple. But where are the weak spots? Isaiah, when you look at the film on this, where can the Cowboys have some success? Best offense in the league. This is not the best defense in the league, no doubt about it. But if you're going to try and keep pace with an offense that's catching fire like the Chiefs, you're going to have to have quite the game on your offensive side of the ball. So where does that start? Uh, I think we can exploit their corners. 
I think that they, I think I believe that they they have some some guys on the defensive line. It's not and at the second level, I think their strongest point of their team is at their safety position. Um, whether it was Sorensen and and Honey Badger, both of those guys back there are pretty doggone good. Um, so you want to try to keep things on the outside, keep them out the game. They're gonna find their way into the game. Um, the Honey Badger is just too good of an athlete. He's gonna be all around the place. But I think we can exploit their cornerbacks, and that's gonna be dependent on on us. Obviously, making sure that guys like Chris Jones don't have an opportunity to to go off and create and, pressure and, and create some issues for us. If um if Steele's gonna be over there, that'll be That'll be his, his his thunder buddy for the day. Uh, so we have to make sure that him, uh, Melvin Ingram, you know, obviously then the newly acquired Melvin Melvin Ingram, keep those guys at bay, yeah. so that Dak has time to throw the ball. Because if he does have time to throw the ball, we can we can take advantage of these cornerbacks all day long. Did you say steal for offensive line? Mm-hmm. Smith not coming back? Are you talking about right tackle? Mm-mm. I'm talking about left tackle. Left tackle. Yeah, I think I mean, Smith's st- coming back this week, right? He was limited in practice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, kind of scared me. Did I hear? Any, did I miss something? I haven't got the word that he's back yet. So I'm assuming <laughs> still, still there. Steel? They're hopeful. Yeah. They're hopeful. They practice in pads today. Oh man, I was we'll like, see. I had already chalked it up that Smith was going to be mean, back. I think they're very optimistic about it. But as Mike said yesterday, they want to see him hopefully go through a full week. So I don't know if you can just put it in pen yet that he's he's that playing he's this back. week. Yeah, but I think they're hopeful. Okay. Isaiah just ruined my whole morning. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the reality they have they have a couple dudes at DN. I mean, they're not like freaking all pro guys right now, but I mean, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, both of those guys are respectable. Both yeah. of those guys are respectable, and then they they have some help at the second level now. Um, you know, obviously Hitchens and they, like I said, um, Melvin Ingram. Both of those guys, those I mean, those are those are some respectable dudes now that you have to acknowledge and that you have to take care of. Otherwise, they if they get some confidence, they can wreck some stuff for you. What do you think? Steve Spagnolo, it's your birthday. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I you, you know how I feel about guys that played against us and you know in the NFC East. Spagnolo, he's another guy. He's on the re- I'm on the revenge tour with him as well, you man. Forgotten no those. I ain't <laughs> forgot about what Spags did to us and a four three defense that he brings. But you're right, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, all of those guys are, are are guys that you have to watch, and they play an aggressive style. They're trying to make up for some of their uh, in that, some of the things that they can't do. Um, you know. And Anthony Hitchens, man, I hated to see Anthony Hitchens leave because he was solid for us in the middle. Uh, but I've also I'm happy that he was able to get a, a Super Bowl job. But he's a guy also that I think you know he's slowing down a little bit. And I think running game wise, we can do some things against them. Um, I think by getting Zeke established early uh, is going to be very important. Uh, when we did a, we had an interview with Coach Dana Dimble from UTEP, and, oh, yeah. and I was pointing out first thing I did was I attack him about his his gray hair. Uh, he's like. Well, you can't talk about me. Look at the gray in your beard. He said, "Well, sometimes the best offense, the best defense, is a good <laughs> offense." So, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to that. <laughs> that I know that our offense has to. I know field position, ball control is very important in a game like this. Uh, but you know, just establishing the run, I think, is going to be very important. But Honey Badger. The Honey Badger has been one of my all-time favorite players from LSU uh, all the way into the, to the league. I love him. He's, he's overly aggressive at times, and I think we could take advantage of his overly aggressiveness. But Daniel Sorensen, he's the guy that after I watched tape that I felt like we could pin the tail on the donkey, on number 49, on Sorensen. And I'm looking for Dalton Schultz, who, uh, man, by the way, Dalton Schultz ran an out and up last week 
that was textbook. Mm. I mean, and, and Dak missed him uh, on that throw. But those are the kinds of things that I feel like we could take advantage of, especially when they go nickel. Um, and, and I think right now, Juan Thornhill has uh, replaced Daniel Sorensen. So they mm-hmm. pretty much bring him in in nickel situations. But again, I just think that for our offense – you just come on, man, pick a position, and, and I think we can exploit that. But I think no matter what they do, they have got to find an answer for what Amari Cooper can do to this defense. They can't, they can't double-team everybody. Y'all buying this three-game stretch that they're on right now? They have not allowed more than 20 points in the last three games. Now, one game was to the Giants. One game was against Green Bay without Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And then 14 points to... Vegas. The Vegas Raiders. So it's an average of like 15 points a game during this last three games. And I know, look, Carolina, when we played Carolina, it was three games of great play by Carolina, and then, but they hadn't played the Cowboys. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think you're right. Like they, they got some strong in the middle guys. Hitchens, Bolton's a young linebacker yes. who makes plays Missouri. for the um, Oh, he was so good. Frisco Lone Star guy here, too. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, Bolton went to Lone Star. Good young player. Uh, I'm with Isaiah, though, in terms of the corners. Like, I think just watching back that Raider game, they tried to spread out. When they spread out the de- their defense, put, they put Waller out wide. They hit him in crossers and stuff mm-hmm. over the middle. So I think you, you kind of stretch out their safeties and stuff like that. With they, this is a this is an offense that can do that. They have a problem receivers. with the tight end. Yeah, yeah So I, I think that's one area to watch. And obviously, like you said, they'll try to get the running game going for sure, especially in this road environment. Try to calm down the crowd a little bit because it's going to be loud. So I'm looking at PFF, and of course, PFF's always right whenever it agrees with me. But the <laughs> yeah. out of the base defense for the Chiefs, and they run that four-three base for the most part. There are only three players in the top fifty of their position grade-wise this year, and that's Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, and then Jones off of the defensive line. But when they go to nickel. It's a much better look. So you're probably going to see a ton of nickel. Uh, That's what they want to run out of. It's what they run out of the majority of the time. It's what the Cowboys have gone up against pretty much the majority of the time this year. So I'm interested to see it. I think Fenton's having a good year as well. He's been limited in snaps, but he's had really good snaps. Uh, I'm interested to see if they use him in in a couple more situations like that. But, man, I... I don't think of it as as looking at it and saying kind of like how we did going into Carolina of like they haven't played anybody they're a, but they're a really good defense. I think this is kind of a little bit in between. They've played a couple people, but I don't think that they're they're a bad defense. No, they're not. And I'm, I only and their corners are good. Sneed's good too. Sneed is a good they're corner. Just, you're trying to look at they're young back there, and the Cowboys are so good on their perimeter. So that if that's one area every week, really you look at it and say they should be able to win. You know. You mentioned, we mentioned this yesterday, but two high safeties for the Cowboys potentially against their offense. Do you expect too high against the Cowboys offense this week? I think that you have to. I think both of these offenses, you have to take the bend but don't break approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't give up big plays to either one of these teams. I mean, it's going to be a headache for both defensive coordinators trying to try to wrangle up either one of these teams. Uh, it's, that's the best approach. If you, if you go single high, you're going to give up a big play. And a big play is what separates this game. You can have 60 snaps in a game, and if you got three breakout plays, that changes the whole the whole tide of the game. You could be good for you know for 50 plus snaps, but those those handful of plays, you know, can kill you. So that's the type of game that we're getting involved with on both sides. Both teams have to deal with it. Yeah. Oh man. And it's the flexibility of Tyron Matthew and his ability to play at close to the line of scrimmage. The Honey Badger is. 
Man, he's special. He don't care. No, he don't care. He's a small, he's small in stature, but he will stick his nose up there in there and he makes life hell uh, for you, especially when you cannot establish your running game and you're tilting your hand that, oh, this is a pass. He, they will send him on a blitz. And, he's like Palomalu. Yes. Yeah, Spagnola does not have a problem. Uh, with blitzing, and I think that's the one thing that I feel so much more comfortable about is them trying to blitz Dak and and you know relegate guys to the front of our offensive line. We have to win this in the trenches. That is a must. We have to win in the trenches. You think he's going to want to blitz Dak? That's I wonder. About he's not going to change his colors for us. Yeah, I do think having Ingram now in the lineup for a couple games changes them a little bit. Gives yeah. them another. Just a rotation piece. Yeah, and a guy that, you know, just adds more versatility because they move him around. And, man, he delivered a thump in the run game against Vegas. You know, Isaiah was talking about, like, being physical and stuff. Like, that adds – that's a physical element that's added to their defense now. And so, yeah, it becomes more important whether Tyron plays in this game or not. I'm mad at Ingram for that because he hit Josh Jones – or Josh Jacobs, and that's my – Running back. Yeah, it was fantasy. all Jacobs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. my that's my now, fantasy percentage wise. Back. How, how percentage wise? Just give me a percentage, P. <laughs> on, on Smith. On Tyron Smith. Yeah, come on. Just give me a percentage. Just just to make us feel better or worse. Uh I'm gonna go fifty fifty. Oh, don't talk me right <laughs> now. Come on, man. Seriously, come and give me something. It's early in the week. I I I'm, okay. I always say, tell me after Thursday what he did in practice, and then I'll feel better. So tomorrow we will be First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. (laughs) Text me me at 730. Yeah, I got you. What's the percentage? What's it look like? Um, Uh, The one thing I do want to bring up is our third down percentage. That's something that we have to improve on. Right now we're at 45% um, on on third down, and this is a game we obviously know we can't can't give these these boys the ball back. We don't want to – we want to limit the amount of times they get the ball in their hands. So on third down, we got to keep these chains moving. So, you know, to Hagman's point, we got to get this running game going. We have to get this running game going because we cannot be delegated to just sitting back and throwing the ball, even though we can, even though we can. We want to make sure that we have a a, – uh, equal opportunal type offense in terms of being able to run, and be able to run it when yeah. we want to, and be able to throw it when we want to, and keep these guys off balance. Um, but we have to turn that percentage up. I think in this game we got to be over sixty percent on third down in order to, to wow. limit their opportunities. We're just waiting on fourth down anyway. True. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> would it would it surprise <laughs> you to say it. that the Cowboys have the fifth highest third down percentage? Woo! Man, that that doesn't that doesn't matter. That, doesn't matter. I, throw, I throw that out the window. I'm talking about you got to. I don't care what everybody else in the league is doing in this game. <laughs> in this game, you've got to be better. You got to be better. The the, the you can't third... get the chain. Sorry, no. you know the, the penalties, the holding penalties. Yep. You can't have it this week. You third, you can't get into second and twenty and all that. No, know? you can't. In in Denver, that was a problem. You could not convert because yeah. you were so back behind the chains. You had so many long situations, yep. and it, it hurts you. Atlanta, you played. You didn't even have. You probably had three third downs in the entire game, and they all came in the second half because of the way you were moving the football <laughs> yeah. and the way you kind of put it on them early. So I don't know if you can really take that game into account. And I think this is going to be our greatest challenge. And I talk about emotional intelligence. I think this is going to be our greatest challenge in terms of that, and we've had some issues with that this year. Mm. We have had some issues with that this year. KZ had a few. I think uh, A. Brown had one. There's been a couple cases where our guys are kind of getting back and forth, mouth and pushing and all that jazz. I I I I I'm a, mm, I believe this is going to be that type of game. I think the honey badger is going to come in there talking mess. 
I think the environment's going to be crazy. Well, we already King's know. known for that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I mean, I think the environment's going to be crazy. I think obviously we know it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be prime time television. Guys going to be flying around, hitting. These are two offenses that feel like they can't be stopped, and the defenses they both feel disrespected because nobody's talking about their ability to stop anybody. True. And True. and and they're in their home. So I think that we can expect these guys to try to get the Cowboys out of their mental state, their their right mindset, because they know that if they get them in third and longs, it, it negates their ability to be able to try to convert some things. So I caution us in terms of our emotional intelligence to be able to just remain sound, remain in within yourself, stick with the game plan, ignore the noise, and go ahead and push forward because they're going to try to get you off your game. Real quickly before we take our second break, which of the, the games that the Cowboys have played so far this season have you been tested the most in that regard? I think the first one that comes to mind is New England, but there mm-hmm. have there been any other ones like that? I'm trying to think of just one game off the back. There was one. I just can't think which one it was. Um, You're talking about as far as tested. From a mental capacity, from a, game a discipline yeah, against the Buccaneers. Yeah, Tampa. I could see that. Yeah. Just yeah. from discipline standpoint. Yeah. They're I mean, the champs. They come in. I mean, it's they they let it hang. <laughs> they the champs. Yeah. They they got the banner going up. You know, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. These guys, they got to axe the grind with the whole league because they felt like they got embarrassed on national on, during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So you know, it doesn't surprise me. Like you said, Tyron Matthew, all of those guys are going to be chirping, yep. and there's only one way to handle the chirping. Bust them in the mouth. Bust them in the mouth. I like that. I like that. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about Kellen's scheme. Scorched earth. Are we going scorched earth? Are we going conservative (laughs) to keep the defense at bay? We'll talk about it next on Talking Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys Way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. 
Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. <laughs> Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. <laughs> That's a new one. I like it. The camera was trying really well done. Yeah, the camera was like trying to focus back and forth oh, <laughs> every time bad. it switched. No, it was good. It was, good. It was funny because the Essilor lenses are always clear. Mm. They're always crisp. Oh, yeah. Even more so than an HD camera. Mm. Mm. I can't see without them. Nope. They're fantastic. And those are transitional, too, and I'm always jealous whenever... I, I told you this in the parking lot the other day at, at North Texas. We were walking to the stadium for our game. And he goes, did you grab your sunglasses? And I was like, no. And I was like, I would ask you if you grabbed yours, but they're the same thing as what you're actually wearing. But you wearing. know what? You have the opportunity. The Essilor people make the they same me. offer They asked me if I wanted everybody. Yep. Hey, Pete, quick question. Have you gone? I have not yet. Mm. Kids, man. Get out of here. Just this, it's no. Leave. <laughs> he was <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Kyle, you know what we haven't Kindly talked about? Kindly leave, sir. <laughs> what happened when we talked this about? This is the battle of the $40 million per year quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. A lot of money in the backfield. There's only three quarterbacks getting paid $40 million a year. It's a caliber collision game. <laughs> it's definitely a caliber collision game. Get money. <laughs> Get that bank, man. Uh, Keep them safe. Mm. We mm. talked about that on Media Mash yesterday. How, and I hadn't thought about it either, but it's like, we, nobody even talks about Dak's contract anymore, and because they can't. You no, know, and the value did he is he worth it, and no. all this stuff. I mean, you I think, see how I think the answer is. We think we have the answer. It's a resounding yes. Yeah. The way they <laughs> that went around. away pretty fast, didn't it? It did. <laughs> it did. Thank goodness. Um, I was never on that fence, but like, because we all wanted to pay him. Yeah, we all wanted it to be did. an extension. I don't think there was any conflict on this show. About getting that Prescott signed up, and honestly, if you cover this team, I don't know how you could be outside of that. I mean, knowing what he brings to the table and things of the sort, even as a fan, a lot of fans were against it. Fine, I get how there's a little bit of a rift there, but I really, the more you look at it, the more it makes sense. Steve Dennis brought up a good point on that show. I mean, there's about six teams you feel like can really win it this year, and it's because of the quarterback play. And the Cowboys are are in that group. Oh, that's so fun to hear. I love it. All right, final couple minutes. Kellen Moore, is there a chance to be conservative here, kind of play things safe, let Dak Prescott run the offense, manage things, and just, you know, make sure your defense wins the the field position battle and you're not pushed up against the wall, you're not necessarily giving the ball back? Or, gentlemen, is there a chance to go scorched earth and go super aggressive early, throw Connor McGovern out in the slot, throw Zeke out in the slot, get somebody in motion, do a reverse, I don't even care – how does Kellen Moore attack this game plan? I'm, wow. You, you said it was going to be a change. I see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm going to say this, too, before, before I make my point. I've, I'm a big fan of Eric Bieniemy. I feel like this man should have been a head coach a long time ago. No I do not like the fact that when Look Kansas over. City starts to struggle, everyone starts saying, well, maybe Reed and Bieniemy are not on the same page. You were not saying that when they were going to Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. And so for the matchup of offensive minds, you got a lot of genius people calling offenses uh, on Sunday uh, in this game. And I, I just feel like Kellen Moore is ascending at such a fast rate that people are not even – able to recognize his genius. We talk about the formations for Kansas City and the different things that they do. Like, like how do you how do you prepare 
for an offense that's running every formation, 12, 11, all of those things. It's really hard to game plan for what Kellen Moore is doing because each and every week he's expanding on his play calling. And so when I think about this game, obviously you don't want to hang your offense, your defense out to dry. You definitely cannot have a repeat of the Denver game where you, you know, had less than 20 minutes with the ball. So that's the only reason why I say field position is going to be important. Taking Somebody said taking the crowd out of it with the running game, yep. that's going to be important as well. But I think we put our foot on their neck as well. I think we go right back to firing. You know, we go right back to it. What's good? Are you okay with them going for it on fourth down like they have been in the past? Absolutely. Don't change a thing. Keep that aggressiveness. But Don't change that against putting your defense in a potentially bad position. Yes, that's kind of what the the no, it really the it, conversation is. It could def- definitely put you in a bad dis- position. A, in a way, it's contradictory to say that, but I want to see this Cowboys teams be be aggressive. And I think Ma- Mike McCarthy has continued win, lose, or draw. And whether he goes 0 for 4 on fourth downs or 3 for 1 on fourth downs, he's continuing uh, to be aggressive. And that's what I'm. That's all I'm looking for is don't change up your spots now. Don't get to that big time game like we did. Like, look, it, it took Tom Brady. Uh, what was it? A minute or something to 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 get that drive. Let's not pull off the gas on them. Let's let's keep it down. Let's 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 win this yeah, one. Yeah. To to your question, is it? I have a question. Is it harder to do that and be that aggressive on fourth down? in a crowd environment like this on the road? Do you worry about pre-snap communication, penalties, and guys on no. the same page? No, because so much of the game is nonverbal now. Okay, I think there, I think there's more. <laughs> I always kind of laugh because, no disrespect to, to fans, but the crowd always gets loud when you break the huddle. Like that's, and that's already the communication. The communication's already, already taking place. Yeah. You know, so like if you want to be loud, well, I shouldn't I'm not well, they're not listening to us, hopefully. Be loud. They be, are. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like be loud for, for Cowboys fans whenever we have our next home home game. Be be loud in the huddle. Like when when, yeah. when those teams come to the huddle, be loud, because that's when you're communicating to the offensive line. That's when you're communicating to everybody else to know what they're supposed to do. Now at the line of scrimmage, you're making alterations. But if I'm a quarterback, I'm coming up and I'm tapping my center and I'm communicating directly and my receivers, it's all nonverbals anyway. It's mm-hmm. all hand signals and nonverbals. So to your point, no. I don't I don't foresee that being an issue. Um I just I, I am concerned though about us being as aggressive as we've been and not being successful with it, now we're giving Kansas City the ball on their side at 50, most likely. Yeah, I'm, that's a fair concern. No, it is. I mean, and I'm, I'm starting to think about the next two or two of the next three weeks. I mean, of course, you've got the Thanksgiving game here, but really the two next road games you have as a ball club are two of the tougher places to play in the league, in the Superdome and Arrowhead. I mean, those are the next two road games you've got. So, this is an opportunity not only to win this game and to keep the pedal down, but to also learn and to pick up different tendencies from your team that you could take into the postseason as well, to take into the playoffs. Because if you have to go to Lambeau, hopefully it's home field and yeah. the road to the Super Bowl is through AT&T Stadium. I'm not saying that. But if you have to go on the road and you have to play at Lambeau, you have to play at SoFi, Let's you have go. to play at Arizona, you've Let's already go. you've done it already. You've already beaten teams like Arrowhead and at, at the Superdome. You are number one in scoring. You are the number one offense. You have nothing to – you got the best hand, you know. Yeah. Don't second-guess it. When you got it, play it. 
You know, and this isn't the time. We don't have to come up against Kansas City and start second-guessing what we do. Be aggressive. You know, if we want to put the AFC on notice, put them on notice and, and beat the best that's out there. I, I believe that's that's the game plan. And I th- believe that this is the way that this team uh, is going to approach it. And the last time, and I heard this this morning on our flagship station, The Fan, mm-hmm. was the last time that the Dallas Cowboys were number one in scoring and total offense was in 1995. Mm. And 95 was a good year. Yeah, they won something that oh, year. Yeah, that's a good year. Stat. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah, I love that. And I think the the last time that they led it at the end of the season like that was 71 when they won it the first time with Roger. So, mm. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. If Book you your flight. Work. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. All right. That's a good one to end on. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Cowboys. Tomorrow, we've got a Say It With Your Chest Friday. TV host, radio host, podcast host Trey Wingo is going to join us tomorrow to talk a little bit of Cowboys and Chiefs here on Talking Cowboy. He's a longtime Cowboys fan, lifelong Cowboys fan. He's excited to talk about it. He's in Vegas right now, actually. So he's got some uh, maybe some insight there as well. We'll talk about DraftKings, and then, of course, we'll give our predictions. Make sure and give us a call around 9.30-ish, 888-855-2297 to be a part of our Pick'em segment. We'll have updated standings and everything when we come back tomorrow. But for this Thursday edition, Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!